Good morning and welcome to another Morning Java brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market where uh, right now you can get a whole lot of spiked slushies. That's slushies with alcohol. The newest one they came out for fall, it's uh, Angry Orchard hard cider mixed with uh, like fireball, so it's cinnamon apple, perfect for fall, so good. Um, you get it behind the register, they tape it up, you take it home and you drink it, spike slushy. Um, they're great, check them out, they have new flavors all the time. But uh, we're, we're talking hockey, there, it seems like there's always new developments with what's happening uh, in the restart and plan for next season. Um, one of the big things being discussed now is how the NHL is going to align its divisions because you figure with the border closure, I mean, you pretty much know that there's going to be an all-Canadian division. And then um, the issue then is how do you divide up the, the remaining U.S.-based teams? And, I did, you know, Dan and I did a segment like this before where we talked about how we didn't think that there's any way that the Penguins don't end up with, like, you know, most of the Metro teams in, in Buffalo. But it seems like uh, like one of the proposed ideas gaining steam is that the Penguins could end up in the Central Division, you know, with like Columbus and not, you know, their biggest rivals and Philly, Washington, and you know, like the New York teams. I, I mean, Dave, what do you think about wh where, like, where do the Penguins fit in in the proposed uh, divisions? Well, I think they they are a true bubble team in in, uh, in the divisional alignments. Um, you know, I think you'll you'll see. You know, with the the three U.S. based divisions, we'll have eight teams each. Um, you'll see one that is made up almost entirely of teams from the Northeast. Uh, but the question is, will they include the Penguins as opposed to say Carolina to fill out the the division, uh, or will the Penguins end up, you know, in more of a midwestern or central division with Columbus, Detroit, St. Louis, and teams like that. Um, we have not heard any official proposals yet. I think just about every media member has put forth uh, some suggestions, but uh, that, that's as far as it's gotten so far. I don't know how much lobbying is going on, you know, with, with teams if uh, when I, broached this subject just in casual conversation with Jim Rutherford a couple of weeks ago. He said he didn't have any particular preference that he wouldn't necessarily go in and lobby for any any particular placement in a division. And really, if you're not going to uh, to have you know a significant number of fans, if any, in the building, uh, does it really matter whether you're playing your uh, traditional rivals a lot. Uh, if they, if the Penguins would end up in a central division type setup, uh, perhaps their travel expenses would be a bit higher than they would be if they were playing in a a northeast or metro uh, division grouping. But you know, I don't think it really matters. I I I don't know that either would necessarily give them a, a competitive advantage either. Yeah, I mean, I know. You see, I I know like a lot, maybe a lot of fans have maybe lost interest during, uh, you know, this, you know, long uh, shutdown break between seasons. And um, I think, you know, some, some of the NHL is going to, you know, pay attention to is how to get fans back into the game, especially when they can't be there in person. But so, I mean, in that regard, would it, like how, how much, uh, like how much would it hurt having the Penguins not in a division with, 
the Capitals and the Flyers and, you know, all those Metro teams if, um, you know, they are in the Central Division with some teams that, you know, there really aren't that big rival rivalries with. Yeah, I, I think the only downside for the Penguins uh, would be that they would have some road games, assuming that they there's not a hub city set up and that teams would actually be playing in their home cities. Uh, you know, they would be playing some games with uh, central time zone starting times, you know, places like St. Louis. Um, but really, I, I think that the, the key to how much uh, of a fan following they have, uh, you know, that the, the major factor in that will, will be how they fare. If they win a lot of games, uh, people will watch even if the, uh, the games start at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock or, or whatever. Uh, conversely, if, if they, you know, would struggle, I don't know that people necessarily would tune in just because they're going to be beaten by the Flyers as opposed to by the Wild, you know. Yeah, I just think, you know, we don't have that many years left of the Crosby-Ovechkin matchup and, you know, just, you know the, the parallels their careers have had. And, uh, not that many years le left, especially if, you know, Ovechkin wants to finish his career in Russia, which he has talked about wanting to do. I just think um, – you know, it could it could be a loss if if they are in separate divisions uh, for for a year? Oh, I, I mean, ideally, sure, you would. You know, things would. Uh, you know, all the divisions would operate as normal this year. The Penguins would be one of the teams in the Metro, but you know, this has been anything but a normal year, and I I think the people who have missed hockey will be happy enough to have it back that they won't really, you know, tune out or, or ignore hockey uh, just because the Penguins didn't necessarily end up in a division that they would have preferred. Yeah, we just need to get games going again. All right, uh, another uh, proposal that we've seen floating around, um, something that, you know, we actually know that some NHL teams have looked into is playing some of their games, well, all, their home games outdoors if it means they can have fans in the stadium, you know, spaced out, which, you know, they wouldn't be able to do otherwise in an indoor arena. A um, couple of reports. I mean, the Penguins were one of the teams that apparently looked into it. They looked into both uh, Heinz Field and, and PNC Park. Um, the issue with Heinz Field, well, one of them would have been that, uh, you know, it, they could overlap with the Steelers. Uh, but what, what do you think about the idea, Dave, Dave of, playing games outdoors and does it really make any sense i give the teams especially apparently the kings were the first team to consider this i give them a lot of credit for some unconventional thinking and you know trying to come up with with a way to uh get around the, some of the issues that have been caused by this pandemic but i honestly don't see how it would be viable on just about any level um, certainly you mentioned, you know, in the case of the Penguins, uh, the Steelers, if they have uh, playoff games at Heinz Field, probably wouldn't appreciate having to design plays uh, to get around the ice rink in the middle of the field. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, if, if you would have one of these temporary ice surfaces down for an extended period, as presumably would be the case, you know, if the Penguins were to play all or a significant number of their home games outdoors, 
I think it might do terrible things to the grass at, at PNC Park. Uh, now I'm sure you could uh, build the cost of resodding uh, the field there into the rental price that the penguins would pay. But you know that rental price would probably be close to prohibitive to begin with. I mean, the idea of exploring these options like playing outdoors games is to try to salvage a little bit of revenue but if you're you know ending up paying an awful lot of uh, money in rent and for people to staff these venues and things like that i just don't know that it would make sense from a uh, from a financial standpoint and you know that's without even taking into account the you know the problems you might have with weather uh, it's just I, it's hard to see how, how this could be made to work you know, with any sort of guarantee on, on any level. Yeah, you can't put a price on uh, putting a team with a winning record at PNC Park. But, but no, really, I mean, the, the limited fans, I don't think would justify the added cost of maintaining, you know, an out, outdoor ring for uh, the full 56-game season they're talking about. Um, it's just, and yeah, the weather, like any kind of inclement weather we've really seen, like these outdoor games can, you know, make it harder to play in. I remember the, um, the, the last one the Penguins played it in Philly. It, it was just kind of um, misting. Like it wasn't like, you know, heavy rain, snow or anything. It was misting. But um, I remember after players talked about how it really made it harder to, to see with the visors. And um like a, I don't know, a lot of them were like, oh, they, you know, they tilted their their visors up to be able to see, which um, is breaking like NHL yeah. rules. Like they're not allowed to do that. But um, and and remember the Winter Classic game that the Penguins had with the Capitals actually had a rain delay. Right. It was supposed to be played in the afternoon and got pushed back to I believe it was an eight o'clock start uh, because of heavy rains mm -hmm. on the day of the game. Um, you know, that obviously, you know, weather like that would, would be a threat not only in Pittsburgh, but just about anywhere else. And while I guess it makes for good TV if you have, you know, a light snow coming down, um, the, the problems that you could have with weather just seem, you know, like the, there'd be too much of a gamble there. Plus, you know, these teams presumably would have to commit to playing in these outdoor venues, you know, pretty well in advance, you know, like the pirates, you know, would want to know what's going on with PNC park and, you know, what, what happens then when, when you have games that can't be played because of, of weather and you have to make them up. And I mean, it's just, there's already more than enough complications and headaches that have been caused by this pandemic. I, I don't know that the teams need to add to the list. Yeah, I mean, and you figure that it's going to be a pretty tight, condensed schedule. Not a whole lot of room for uh, rescheduling, moving games around. It it just if if you have a game that would have to be moved because of weather, that would really just create a whole bunch of problems. And then obviously, just uh, an unfair advantage for for some teams over others if you know a team has to play outside. Um, for a whole season for all their home games um not ideal probably wouldn't be fair and i don't it you know we've seen 
some of these outdoor games have had bad ice, which, you know, could lead to more injuries. Uh, just, just all around, not, not a great idea. And it's probably, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it, it certainly doesn't look like it at this point. Although we, we shouldn't rule out the possibility of the NHL adding a week uh, for games at the end of the season, just so the Ravens can make the playoffs. <laughs> All right, Dave, in a recent uh, segment we did a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, which numbers the Penguins should eventually retire. And we, we kind of settled on, you know, Yager, Crosby, Malkin are really the only remaining ones the Penguins uh, have to retire. But, you know, there are a couple borderline guys that, you know, fans want to see honored in some way, like Ron Francis and, you know, Flurry and a couple guys like that. I mean, what what options are there that, you know, the Penguins could do to – honor those guys without putting their numbers in the rafters? Uh, I would like to see them do something along the, the lines of, of the ring of honor concept that I, I believe the Dallas Cowboys pioneered. Uh, somebody might have done something like that before them, but they, they were the first that, that I was aware of. Um, and you're right. They're going back to the days of Dave Burroughs and Jean Pronovo with this franchise. Uh, they have had some outstanding players who made a lasting mark on the franchise and who deserve to be recognized by fans in future generations. But I think that retiring a player's number is a really special honor that uh, you, you don't want to cheapen. Um, by doing it en masse. Um, but, you know, it, it would be nice if, if they could do something like set aside an area in the arena, for example, um, a, a wall to, to honor uh, players who have made significant contributions, the Paul Coffees, the, the Larry Murphys, the Joey Mullins, the Kevin Stevens, people like that, who didn't necessarily uh, do enough to uh, merit having their number retired, but who made major contributions to, to the team's history. Yeah, I mean, the, the ring of honor that used to be at the Igloo, they, they kind of kept um, the same idea, but I mean, they have it in the locker room above um, players' stalls, but not really anywhere where, you know, fans can see it. Um, and the Augers still not on there because they used to be, but then they took him down when he came back into the league. Um, so, uh, something where they could get Yager back in there would be nice. What you're talking about, the, I remember, I mean, they did have at, uh, one of the main gates, the first couple years, the, uh, the arena was around, there was like the big columns with, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe like 10 for, you know, different players and they had like screens and you could go up and tap the screens and watch videos of them. But, um, that's not there anymore. They replaced it with, a. uh, uh, AT&T Sportsnet set. Um, but yeah, I mean, something like the Ring of Honor. I know what uh, Wilkes-Barre uh, used to do. Um, well, that, I mean, so they have banners for um, not retired numbers, but just, um, you know, the, the big people have come through there, coaches and players, and they had them hanging up um, all around the concourses. Um, so you'd pass them and they still have the banners, but they move them like inside hanging from the rafters. But I mean, something like that, just um, spaced out throughout the concourse would be cool. Yeah. They, you know, the, the penguins, uh, you know, since I guess going back to uh, Mario Lemieux's arrival, 
have had a lot of history that they can be pretty proud of and that, you know, certainly uh, fans who have followed the, uh, the franchise for a while now, um, I'm sure enjoy, you know, remembering some of, some of the accomplishments and some of the great hockey they've seen over the years. Um, the Penguins usually do a pretty good job of, of you know, honoring players and, and uh, developing concepts uh, of this sort. So I think, uh, you know, if they, if they put their minds to it, they could probably come up with a, a pretty nice creative way to, uh, to honor their past. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, they have a you know a lot of cool things that just aren't accessible to to fans, like the, the Ring of Honor in the locker room. And I know there's like a, I really like the mural they have um, uh, in the hallway between the home and the visiting locker rooms, where it's kind of like um, it, it over over time, you know, like the the beginning, like all the great players, and then uh, it it progresses. Um, I think that's really cool if they could bring something like that out into. Um, the concourse. I remember. Um, yeah, I'm sure that would get a lot of attention. That that is a really nice uh, encapsulation of of the franchise's history. Uh, you know, on that mural, um, I I do think that would be a pretty popular feature with uh, with fans. Yeah, I can just speak to you know when uh, I've been outside. You know, the visiting locker room after like a visiting team morning skate. Um, a lot of the you know, while we're waiting to be let in, a lot of the visiting media really likes like looking at that. And I remember one time the the Wild were in here and in the like early Penguins uh, section, um, there's there's Silaps Jr. One of the Wild Riders pointed to it because like Boudreaux was standing out there, you know, just hanging out. And one of the Wild Riders pointed at it and was like, hey, didn't you play with Silaps? And, and Boudreaux was like, how old do you think I am with a couple of uh, F bombs. Huh. <laughs> Junior. He's like that's Evan Junior. But um, yeah. I mean, Buddha seemed to like. It. I mean, if they could get something like that on the concourse, that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah.